Hello and welcome to the Emperor's New Podcast, where we explore every corner of the Emperor's New Groove universe. I'm your host, Micah Hirsch, and today I'm joined by, once again, Chandler Desrochers. There is nothing in the rule book that says that a giraffe cannot play in Cabal. Paul Spicknell. Yes, it is. It's here. Rule one. <laughs> and joining us for the very first time on the podcast, you may know him from his U- many YouTube videos and Animat's, Animat's crazy cartoon cast. Please welcome Animat himself, Matt Brunet. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sure that I know a good amount of history when it comes to giraffes and uh, their their time in, in Cabal. So <laughs> that, I, I'm sure like there might be a few rules, but nothing too serious for giraffes. And today we'll be talking about The Emperor's New School, Season 2, Episode 14, Air Cusco slash Kronkanitsa. And now I have to get my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's kind of... The, I'll just, I have a series of like things that happen, but I guess I'll just sort out the obvious premise from the, uh, Cusco is basically playing the Inca equivalent to basketball, um, is basically the premise of the first segment, if you couldn't figure it out from the title. Um, and obviously at one point he turns himself into a draft so he can play better. <laughs> it opens with Cusco trying to do a book signing where he, he wants people to sign, people to come see, buy memoirs from him. Is he just like that? I mean, he's Cusco. <laughs> he's Cusco, and it kind of feels like you know every episode he learns the same. The, the every episode he learns the same lesson of hey, don't be such a selfish asshole. And he's like, it's okay, different, I've learned my it's lesson. different variations <laughs> on the same lesson. He kind of yeah. goes back to being the same selfish asshole in the next week. Uh, yeah. And I mean, considering that we are talking about season two, episode fourteen, you think that he would learn that like. There is some form of that lesson is in his head right now, but it seems like he keeps on repeating and repeating and repeating that same kind of behavior. Eventually, some of the characters have to learn to just give up and say, yeah, I think he'll just remain a selfish asshole, like, yeah. no matter what. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Cusco um, is very interesting uh, looking at uh, Cusco's... Uh, the different lessons he learned in each episode and how they're all expansions on, or not expanded, they're all variations on the same idea of don't be a selfish jerk, but it's like, it feels like the movie was much broader about it. Like, it was just like, don't be a selfish jerk, think of others. And this is like, they're narrowing the focus on specific aspects of being a selfish jerk. Like, don't be a misogynist, don't be racist, don't, <laughs> don't. Don't discriminate against people for being different. Don't. It's like in the first half, he's selfish and kind of sexist, actually very sexist. And the second half, he's he's literally just being racist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that's part of the second um, episode. It's second. Yeah, the first. I noticed that there wasn't really like the usual, um, like you'll have Cusco come in at the beginning of the second half of the episode. That didn't happen with this one. I don't yeah, know that only cool. happens sometimes. Sorry, okay. I'm distracted because there's a cat outside my window. <laughs> so, but Kronk, is, it, all the ladies are swarming Kronk because he is a sports superstar, apparently. <laughs> Isn't Kronk supposed to be like 25 or something? I don't know, man. And he's the and he's the the head athlete of this high school sports team. Yeah, but then again, considering Kronk's intelligent, like it's not really that surprising that he would still be like in his twenties, and yet he still has to go. Also, high school. I just, I just th- here's my my theory is that uh, he's there. He's supposed to be, pre- uh, you know, pretending to be a student for Isbo, but he just actually believes it. He's supposed to be undercover, but he's so <laughs> just, just endearingly just dumb but like in the best himbo way that he just goes along with whatever yeah, yeah. I, I, that's I, why Krog is the best character <laughs> yeah um and uh so Cusco tries out and he's really bad um, yeah I will I will say the the whole thing with um with the sports um superstardom is that this episode just felt like it was a little bit it should have been broadcast maybe a little a couple of years earlier because I, I actually looked up something. This was right around the whole time. This episode premiered like 2006, 2007, I believe. Yeah. Probably and this was right around the time that all the big steroids um, oh happened with um, the main, the the infamous major league baseball scandal with the steroids yeah. and the wrestling scandal. I think this is when Chris, um, 
I think that big wrestling superstar um, died and all this stuff just came out of nowhere. And it's like this episode just feels like a relic of that past where everyone was cheering on superstars. And that's the thing. I mean, I'm not, it, it just felt like a little bit different. The episode was written definitely for a much earlier time. Yeah. Um, and Yzma wants to capitalize on Kronk's being a sports star so she can uh, sell, be, basically become rich off of cereal because she has other interests besides just destroying Cusco. <laughs> I love how I love how Kronk's reaction to to this this serialinator or whatever um, it's called that Yzma creates. Uh, no, like, oh, oh, you finally created something that can destroy yeah. Cusco. And she's like, what? This has nothing to do with Cusco. I have a life outside of that. The Terminator. The Terminator. The phrase innator had not been invented yet, or at least not patented. Now it's patented, obviously, by Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> um, I wasn't so great with the names back then. It was just innator. Yeah, it was just uh, a cereal ray. Not making soda volcano! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. At least she was open to, like, accept any form of, like, prizes that she could have inside. I yeah. was... Uh, yeah, when I buy one, I'm hoping I can I... get like little cereal boxes in the cereal box. Yes. Had, oh, yes. I had something that was like that, but it was Cracker Jacks, and it was like a magnifying glass, but it looked like a little box of Cracker Jacks. Isn't like the cereal box within a cereal box, isn't that just like the freaking Shopkins things that are a thing now, where it's like, oh, these are like real brands, but they're tiny. I don't oh, know. That is, oh, that is true. Yeah. That's the thing on, like, I've seen that whenever I'm trying to watch uh, The Owl House or Amphibia on Disney Now, and these, like, these horrible ads that are aimed at, like, eight-year-olds constantly play during the commercial breaks. It's like, I am 25, and I told you my age. Could you not up the age demographic of the ads just a little bit? But no, okay. No, they have to stay strictly within the 6 to 11 demographic. <laughs> But they're wasting their ad revenue because I'm not going to buy any of this shit. Considering the fact that I ate cereal until I well, 35 when my doctor I mean, told me stop. Sometimes I eat cereal. Oh, no, it's not cereal. It's, it's like, like tiny, these, these yeah. toys that I have no toys. use for. Yeah, like I, I've seen them often in like toy shops or like at Walmart or something. Like it's honestly weird. Like, yeah. Are kids really that into like, oh, well, I love these brand names. I am the shill for products. I, yes. I, mean, I think it's like some kind of variant of like running your own Walmart or something. It's I, like, Yes. You, know, you know, like how kids play house or whatever. They and can now kids Walmart. can play Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember back when I was a kid. I actually think I had one of those. Um, I'm talking about like when I was like probably five years old. I remember having like my own shopping, um, like my own grocery store thing with cardboard and plastic food and stuff. Um, and the coach in this episode is a teacher because I guess Candy Milo wasn't available <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> and I love that he just does not care about doing his job. Uh, Curtis Armstrong's. I get paid either way, whether you win or lose. And he just wants to take a nap. <laughs> no, like, also... you... sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. It's but okay. like one, good, one good line that I do remember uh, in that particular episode, it's like um, when the, they talk about, it's like, well, it's like I thought you like, or it's something like I thought you like. It was like, like I thought you like it. No, I hate this sport. Yeah. And 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 he's so doesn't want to pick Cusco that he tries to get a chair and a sports. He outfit. tries to get this this just rolling office chair that's actually and, a pretty nice chair. Come to think of it, yeah. and, and it's funny is that that something was actually- tells me they didn't have chairs like that back then. Yeah. They didn't. No, but the chair. But it's definitely... nicer than my chair that I'm sitting in right now. Yeah. yeah I can definitely say that for most of that episode, the chair probably would have been a better teammate. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it so would. So, yeah, so basically, Cusco just is trying to hog the ball and is really bad at it. He tries to turn into a giraffe to be better, but he's not. Uh, he's super sexist, which he is a lot because I guess in the 2000s, people thought that was funny. Um, someone did, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the good thing about it is that he's always shown to be in the wrong when he's doing that, so yeah. Yeah. it doesn't feel as bad. Yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah, in, in a way, that is true. Like, they, they do frame it as in a way that it's like, no, it's not okay to be like this. I, I, I guess, like, 
Cusco in this show is pretty much in the same ranks of like Rick and Rick and Morty, where basically like, yeah, as funny as his, as his antics are, he's not necessarily someone that you want to root for. Or like, uh, uh, oh, what's the other show? I can't um, wait till I uh, find about all the all the like teenagers and uh, slightly older adult young adults who uh, have started a whole cult around uh, idolizing Cusco. <laughs> Or like, uh, or like Johnny Bravo. This is a similar kind of character to like how Johnny Bravo. Like he, he's 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 yeah, an Daffy asshole. Duck, you know the I penis. think. Yeah. Like Cusco's basically like Daffy Duck. Um, yeah. With the Looney Tunes influence and everything um, that the movie had. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, although I will say the show, however, really amped up uh, Cusco's douchiness. Like, yeah, much yeah, more so. yeah. Yeah, like much more so than in the movie, where like just by watching this episode alone, it's like, yeah, they they really like add an extra layer to the scumminess, almost like kind of like a stereotypical portrayal of a narcissist. Oh, he yeah, he is absolutely a narcissist. Um, he also also the dude's like been told he's the best because like it's established throughout the show. You've seen on the ceiling the. <laughs> Yeah, the Renaissance style oh, yeah. painting. And the moon that's basically converged together to create the emperor. That's basically how Cusco's been raised his whole life, seeing all this prop- Cusco propaganda, leading yeah. him to think, "Oh, I'm great." So now, uh, now yeah, I mean, I, I I could imagine that for him, you know, not trying to get de- you know devolve deeply into a cartoon character here, but I could imagine that Cusco was. Um, it's just like a whiplash to him when he find you know when you find out that it's not doesn't work like that i mean yeah. his whole mindset is like that and all of a sudden it's a whiplash and the movie did establish yeah. that he was you know he did have somewhat of a heart i could imagine that you know i don't you know remember how the you know school series takes is between the movie and the Kronk's new groove and stuff no, it's definitely it's definitely after the first it's movie. After the first after movie, yeah. group factors. But again, I think it's just cartoon cartoon uh I don't think they're I think they're playing loosely with the continuity. <laughs> yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's often common that you do find that in shows that are based on uh movies, like especially back then when like by the time um, uh, Emperor's New School came out, it's not as prominent as it was like back in the yeah. 1990s. But usually when they are created, it is rare that you would find something that does stay true to the original or like really tries to make sure that it is as good as the original. Not every show based on a movie can be like Rapunzel's Tangled Adventures. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, also I think... Uh... I think, first of all, if the show came out now, I, they would need to tone down Cusco. But I think that them, this is one of the rare cases of that kind of thing happening where it doesn't bother me as much because it feels like it's not trying to be a serious, it's not trying to be the movie quite, even though it, it, the first season was. Right, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they're, could... they're not keeping tabs of the continuity in the same way that, like, uh, the people running the Lilo and Stitch franchise back in the day were, for example, because, like, that had a surprisingly really strong continuity. Because even the movie, like, isn't entirely consistent with itself. Right. Yeah. I, I mean... By all accounts, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you I could probably say that it could come between when Cusco turns back into the Emperor, but before the final scene of the movie... Because yeah. you actually don't know how long that passage of time is between when he takes the yeah. potion and when, you know, you see him with, um, you, you know, when you see him out in the village. So yeah, the Emperor's New School is the Emperor's New Groove one and a half or, or, or what, Bambi 2, whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Uh, it definitely takes... Um, no, I think honestly, it might be like I'm sure it has to be afterwards because of the fact yeah. that we know that Isma wants to kill Cusco, and like Isma is no longer Cusco's advisor. And Cusco has a, a when he's in his peasant gear and he's on his school uniform, he's wearing the poncho that he wears at the end of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah, and not to mention like the fact that he turns into a giraffe. Like he is aware about Isma's secret lair, and oh like, yeah, he's always been aware about Isma's secret. Isma's got that secret lab. 
<laughs> yeah, so like I'm pretty yeah. sure at the very least it does take place after the first uh after the first movie. Yeah, I think yeah. also the writing for the writing for everyone else I think is a, is actually pretty good, but I think the writing for Cusco just makes him come off as more annoying than he was in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it, it, it's like what people expect Cusco to be. It's like people would like some people are prepared to not like him, but then like you see the movie, it's like, oh, he's actually fun and likable. But like this is like the worst case scenario. Like, what if Cusco was not handled well in the movie? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um but I don't watch the show for Cusco, so <laughs> <laughs> I watched the show for three characters, Melina, Isma, and Gronk. Um, I've got Eartha Kitt and Patrick Warburton are just always on the top of their A-game uh, in, in this thing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, basically, Cusco has to learn in this episode, the lesson he has to learn is uh, be a team player is the not is the don't be such a self-assured lesson he learns in this episode. Um he technically I, I, learns it, but then he still wants to be like the best when he's on his own, like at a carnival, at a restaurant game. Because they only come close to winning when Cusco starts letting Kronk uh, do stuff. Um, yeah, like when when he has his change of heart moment and decided, okay, like we'll we'll be a team in order to win, which he he still didn't, but I mean, like he's got the idea. Well, yeah. You had to take, yeah, you had to take a truth serum, a ten-second truth serum, to well, in, actually tell his teammates the truth. Well, in the movie, he struck. In the movie, he never actually says, "I'm sorry." He just just stutters, and then Potch is like, "So you're tired of being a llama?" So that's kind of in character for him not to be able to exactly. Oh yeah, be uh, be true, uh, sincere. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I I also do like how they do reference. Um, going back to the actual game and stuff, I do like how, you know, Cusco references that, you know, thanks to a screw up, we're going to, if we win this game, we're team champ, we're champions. Yeah. I love that. That's so just like absurd and just perfect. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> think we save the rec center. I, yeah, I think save I'm the rec center. Yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> we're ready to go on to the next one, which I think, I honestly like better, but maybe it's just because I like Kronk and I, the idea amuses me. <laughs> it, it's a great episode because Cusco is not as much the focus. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I think we're all on the same page. I think we all agree <laughs> that is the better episode because the focus is like absolutely awesome. That's my argument. Is yeah. this, this my, my fan theory, I guess, is Cusco's not the main character of the show. Everyone else is. Cusco just thinks he's the main character. <laughs> <laughs> It's also possible that, like, he, he knows he's in the show, so maybe he thinks being a dick is just, like, how we'll make the show better or something. I don't know. So they're it's all confusing. actors. Yeah. yeah um, it's sad how, like, that could also apply to some people in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Kronk, uh, so they're doing the, they're doing a, I bet, a show-and-tell-esque presentation about their family tree, um, and Guaca, who is, like, the, the giant misanthrope fanboy of Cusco. Um, Waka has become basically like, like Irving is to Phineas Psycho and Ferb. What? Guaca has basically become like what Irving is to Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, or, or like kind of like LeFou. He's Cusco's LeFou, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I, which, I, you I know, do... you gotta have like one person in there who's like for some reason, loves Cusco, just so yeah, that... The, ye- the yes character. man, basically. An interesting character dynamic uh, between them. Um, and he brings in a little tree, that, a literal tree that his family depended on for a long time. But Kronk, uh, he doesn't know where he comes from, so he goes to his poppy. His poppy. Uh, uh, actually is in the episode, which like yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, it's actually Kronk's dad. Yeah, the design... So at least they have... Yeah, at least they have that continuity from Kronk's new groove. Even though Birdwell, for some reason, isn't in the show. I don't... I, well, I know why she wasn't in the show to begin with, because they were, like, in production at the same time, but I don't know why they didn't just have her appear later or something. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, of course, he's voiced by Jeff Bennett and not John Mahoney, but um, 
it's basically the same design, but uh, retrofitted for the television style. Um, yeah, and he's like, where we're from, we're kind of different. So he's like, oh, are we from Banana Land? Um, <laughs> then we go there once, the monkeys made us pies. Um, and then so it turns out Kronk is from a place called Kronkanita, which is a play on Chichen Itza, I think, which is like, I think it's like a Mexican or something, but uh, empire or kingdom or something, but, you know, they don't really care about the accuracy. Um, so, uh, and Cusco, Cusco finds out that Kronk is uh, from somewhere else and is a real jerk to him and makes lots of racist jokes. <laughs> because apparently making fun of someone for being different is apparently hilarious to him. Yeah. Well, at, at that point, he's just trying. Like, he's looking for reasons just to be a dick. Like, really, the, the, like, the big reason in here is just, oh, Kronk is just different. I period. do love that when Kronk's telling Yzma, she also in, is uh, interested in, she doesn't know it's Kronk that he's talking about. He's talking about his friend. He's like, oh, where is this person? I want to get it on in a section. And that's like, that is like, Isma raised Cusco, so it would make sense. Yeah. And uh, her and her makes you know that does make sense because she is the villain of the yeah. show, so that would yeah. make sense. But yeah. I I also like how even throughout, I mean, going all the way to the end of the episode, even even when um it all ha- you know, even when Cusco's apologizes, he goes, "I'm sorry, I made those hilarious jokes to you." Yeah, he's it's his his. It's a very car- it's a very specific archetype of character that does not work in real life, um, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and Kronk decides he's going to run away and go to Kronkanitsa. And when he gets there, uh, Patrick Warburton sings. Um, yes. And yes, we got a Kronk musical number finally. And um, so a while back, Tammy Tucky, I think. Is their, is their name, uh, did a podcast, did an interview with Patrick Warburton, and he sang that song from memory on that podcast episode. Oh, oh, wow. oh I love that. Yeah. And I was very impressed because not a lot of the people on the show actually remember stuff like that. Because, <laughs> you know, you go in and you do a whole bunch in like a row when you're recording the episodes. Yeah. And you have a lot of other stuff you're doing for other shows. So um, <laughs> it, I, it was impressive to me. Um, also, when Kronk's going to the village, they do an interesting spin on the uh, map, traveling by map joke for the movie. That's just what I'm calling that kind of joke now, traveling by map joke. Thank you, Muppets. Um, where he has to go to like a dash, a station to get more dashes for the map. I love that so much. Oh my God, that was great. Yeah. And then uh, basically when he gets there, everyone is voiced by Patrick Warburton in this village. Um, and so it's yep. the, he has the opposite problem where instead of standing out, everyone is too samey. Um, and he doesn't feel very useful because everyone can help themselves because they're all cronk. <laughs> you know what yeah. that reminds me of? That reminds me of the classic SpongeBob episode, Squidville. Yes. Yeah. Is it, it Squidville? I thought, I thought the episode was called Tentacle Acres. No, the place is, the place called, is called Tentacle, Tentacle Acres. Acres. The episode is called. I, don't the I looked up the page. Oh, I look, I'm on the wiki for SpongeBob right now. Right. Oh, it, it is. This episode okay, is Squidville right. with hints of uh, uh, what was the other episode? The one where SpongeBob was making the racist squirrel jokes. jokes. Yeah, squirrel oh, jokes. Yeah, squirrel jokes. So SpongeBob it's like two it's, classic SpongeBob storylines. SpongeBob did it. SpongeBob wasn't trying to be an asshole. He just right. didn't know better. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward basically just wanted to escape from SpongeBob and Patrick's shenanigans, where Kronk had a very valid reason. Oh yeah, like, the main character is just an absolute jerk, so it's like yeah. we don't really blame him to yeah. go there. Yeah. But I, I will say though, like with the whole, um, like with with the whole village that Kronk has entered into, like it definitely is. Uh, it, it's just hilarious to see like a world. Of like where literally everybody is crunk and everybody is even voiced by Patrick Warburton. Even yeah. like all the women, all the old yeah. li- even the like even the little girl with the pickle jars. Like man, yeah. they could have taken it. And we've got hang glider flights right over that way. They could have. They could have taken it one step further and had like a dog or something. I went woof woof. 
Woof, woof. <laughs> that would have been funny. And here's our hitching post. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have ended a tour there. Yeah. And that, that just reminds me of the famous Simpsons one where Mr. Burns brings him down to the basement. It's like, and this is my basement. I shouldn't have been ending the tour here. They probably lifted that joke directly from the they're Simpsons, probably. just tweaked it slightly because they've done that before. Yeah. And let's be real. They're not the only show that's done that. The Simpsons have done everything. So everyone's stolen from them at some point. Yeah, Simpsons did it. True. I mean, um, I mean, like, especially I'm this, not it. <laughs> yeah, like this episode in particular, you could tell that um, like they, they like the right, the writers or the crew did take a lot from other different mm-hmm. shows but at least like with i do one, too so it's not yeah like but i will say it is nice the way that they did spin it with a likable character and even including yes that musical number with Kronk, which reminds actually, me a lot of what's this from nightmare before christmas a little bit yeah that is true it does have a hint of that yeah i i also like the little even though we don't get much of it, the little subplot with Yzma with, um, with her with being a clone. And what I love about that is that cloning spray was introduced in a much, much earlier episode um, where she cloned Cusco. So I do like that they brought that back as He's a nice cloned. little, are you pay- have you been paying attention kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I, I also like the fact that you did not get the whole thing with um the clone fighting the clone and yzma fighting with each other they were actually working together you know they already did that with Cusco, basically except yeah. it wasn't really much of a fight as much of just one of them is taking the place of the other yeah so basically but, it was it was the, it was kingdom of the sun but uh with a clone <laughs> but i i just liked how that was done because i i was almost expecting yzma to be fighting with clone yzma how many times time. Gravity Falls did that? Gravity Falls did it. They said they weren't going to do it, and then they did it anyways. <laughs> they did it, like, three times. They did it because uh, it was Dipper with the the, the, the clones, and then them. Wendy with the shapeshifter, and then um, Mabel in um, the Lost Legends with yeah, the, uh, the other Mabels. Yeah, and then there was, yeah, and then, well, I think you already mentioned with Bill that he transformed into Dipper. Or Bill possessed. Oh well, yeah, but that was that wasn't a double situation. That was a possession soccer situation. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm gonna drink soda like a person. (laughs) Um, And then at the end, it turns out there's a panther, jaguar, whatever you want to call it, um, on the loose in the village, and Guaca tries to defeat it with pickles, but can't open the pickle jar, and that doesn't really amount to much of anything except it is based on a joke from earlier in the episode. Mm -hmm. Kronk shows up and talks to the panther and learns that apparently the reason the panther is on a rampage is because it lost its contact lens. Which is another thing I just love because it's so stupid. (laughs) And I love how Cusco's like, my hovercraft is full of eels. (laughs) This (laughs) joke. Oh, yeah. It's one of those. It's so wonderfully stupid. Yeah, like, it it, it feels very intentional where they know, like, okay, we gotta have a reason why Kronk needs to to come back. Not just because of the panther, but also because of, like, all the other situations, like the tickles and stuff like that, where it's like, we gotta make it, like, very obvious that this village cannot work whatsoever without Kronk. Because that's the thing is while Kronk has no idea what's going on, half the time the village still needs him. Yeah, and yeah. it's the circle of life, I guess, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever well, you want to yeah. call it. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's supposed the ecosystem. To, well, they need to throw in that moral that being different is okay. You know, yeah. like have mm-hmm. have Cusco give out that half-hearted apology at the end. Yeah. I'm sorry that I was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that you feel I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, and every everybody has to accept it because they the, know Cusco can't do better. Cusco, Cusco does the, the, the channel awesome non-apology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cusco would most likely be the kind of guy that would say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. 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 Um considering I've met so many people like that. Um what else was I going to say? Uh, and then uh, uh, after the village is saved and everything's back to normal, um, it turns out that uh, the Kronk people eat brains. Yeah, like, yeah, that that seems to be, like, the running gag because of the prejudice 
of what they said in uh in the uh, like for Kronk's village or where he came from yeah. that they eat yeah. brains every morning <laughs> and they decided to cap it off it's just that but at least it's like I, I really give the Kronk people this where it is in a way that is pretty humane like the brain is out already out of like whatever skull that they got they're not zombies shield monkey brains Ugh. And on yeah, and oddly enough, like they didn't specify which brains specifically. Like they keep saying brains, but they don't necessarily say it's like other people's brains or anything like that. And I, I mean, like I'm sure in other cultures, like brains can be a delicacy, and brains have been yeah. consumed. Yeah, yeah. I think they've cooked like cow brains or something. Yeah, on cow uh, brains on... was people eating cow brains was how uh, I believe how people start how mad cow disease. Became yeah, yeah. They, they had some kind of brain on an episode but of like Master Chef. Wouldn't, wouldn't you rather get Mad Cronk disease? <laughs> mad Cronk disease. Well, I mean, like with with, with the Cronk people, if they really are all like Cronk, then they would they wouldn't be afraid of having like some sort of brain disease because with the brains they have, like it wouldn't be much to go and affect them. Yeah, but the thing it's is, like though, the slugs that... in Futurama. <laughs> Poor thing died, who was starved to death. But it's also interesting how Kronk and apparently um, Pappy w- did not actually eat brains the whole time. No, it, it was like that. Must you would almost? I don't think, think it like means anything. I think it's just a a, a, a credit gag. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it might also be like more of a cultural thing too in that specific town. I'm glad. I'm that- thinking way too much on this. I mean, they already established this in the movie in this in the second movie, I guess. But I'm glad that Poppy isn't isn't as phobic of his son's uh, love of talking to animals and stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that is true. And it's funny how like considering all the similarities that Kronk has with all the people in the village, like not one, like they didn't bring up the factor of animals. Actually, yeah. like, they didn't talk about how any of them would go and talk to animals. Like yeah. all, all of them, like they do spin. Like they it's, make it's mentioned, stuff. but they never. We never actually see it happen. Yeah, like okay, yeah. it's it, it is mentioned, but we do, yeah we don't actually see it take full effect. Like we yeah. see we we see all the Kronks like getting in line to cross an old lady uh, down the street, but nothing like in hey terms hey. They're the ones that chose to be old. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a joke. Also, Yzma gets hit by whatever when Kronk isn't there to help her cross the street. Yeah, <laughs> and then at, at the end, uh, also, I don't know if this was intentionally a reference to an earlier episode, but the Condor comes back. <laughs> at the end, Oh, yeah, Kronk- that I gotta admit is a funny way. It's like, okay, now you got two Yzmas. How are you gonna solve that? Uh, just a yeah, just get a, like a, a vulture to come in, a, a, get a condor. Just She's so eat. old and frail that this, this big ass bird can just pick her up. Why not? You, do, you realize I'm the club. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. Uh, that that is actually a good joke, and and I mean, considering like we we have talked about how like the way that they handled Yzma and Kronk is way better than they did with Cusco. Like, that's what makes... Cusco is a tough the tough character to get right after the initial movie. Because oh, of course. so yeah. much of his personality and what he's marketed as in the ads and stuff is that being a dick. So trying to figure out how to, like, balance out the dickishness so he's, like, better in the 2000s, especially with executives breathing down your neck. Yeah. Um, it, with the with the show, if he's, you know, just nice all the time, you have no story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he almost feels like just being there to um, to make conflict happen. Yeah. I mean... Like, I, I understand that this type of character archetype, it is very, very difficult to try to really yeah. master. Like, not every cartoon that is like that can be like the next daffy duck or something mm-hmm. but like thankfully they did manage to get it right in the movie but then again like when you do think about it like it does feel like an archetype that does work better for a movie instead of a of a tv show like emperor's new school where it's not necessarily serialized where they're telling this one big story but it's just like uh, it's just little samples of small stories one after another and trying to have Cusco be that narcissistic jerk all the time it, it just comes at the point where 
he just feels like like you know he he's just that way where it feels like it's impossible for him to learn any lesson that he would retain like it feels like he would never Mm -hmm. grow from it like i said what we are talking about is season two episode 14 and like i'm sure that there have been tons of episodes where he is the exact same way yeah oh yeah at the point where it feels like okay this dude is just not gonna learn his lesson this dude is just gonna continuously be a jerk and just never listen to what anyone else has to say or has some form of like dementia or short-term memory loss where like he's incapable of retaining any lessons that he has learned here's what needs to happen uh someone else just needs to kusu just needs to stay a peasant and uh maybe make make kronk emperor or something i don't know make pacha emperor well well, the whole i mean one thing about you know with the um with kronk's new groove is that kusu was basically just a narrator yeah yeah he was barely in it in the movie except for yeah, exactly narrating and one small scene with being Kronk's wife if i remember correctly yeah, yeah. but, uh, but I, I will really say know. but i will say at least with that Cusco uh, that Cusco in Kronk's new groove like you could tell that there was a growth that he it, like yeah. you know he's more like the Cusco at the end of the film than in the beginning like he has a little bit of that ego but he is a lot more open-hearted and is willing to help others out like Krunk when he's dressed up like his wife. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is though, is that like we saying earlier with Daffy Duck and stuff, even Daffy evolved from yeah. just being the narcissistic um, jerk that he because was. There's still, uh, what I was going to say is within this context of the series, the series is over, but Cusco as a character Will can continue to evolve. They could do something new. I would love if they still brought back some of the characters from the show, but also had Cusco be a bit nicer uh, <laughs> for something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because like, there's ways to 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 honor the good things and uh, improve on the not so great things. I think from the series, and that's kind of the entire uh, idea behind the podcast is. This show is a mixed bag. Let's talk about what works and what doesn't. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah massively. The, this show is not Amphibia or The Owl House, where you actually have subtle character growth happening, uh, you know, in That's the background. The weird stuff is it feels like the other characters grow more than Kuzco. Yeah, they, it they really more does. attention yeah. to focusing on fleshing out the other characters. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they did that for characters that weren't in the movie eventually because, you know... You gotta have explanations of who those characters are. It is interesting they didn't try to do that as much with Cusco, though. (laughs) I mean, you could also say that it was also a product of his time, too. Yeah. Because because the, you know, the serialization of cartoons was not really a big thing Mm -hmm. until, I think, at least the mid-2000s. Unfortunately, like, misogynistic uh, protagonists were really big in the 2000s for some reason, and I don't know. Yeah, but... I, I will say I do agree with you, Paul, when you when you mentioned how like it is like a product of its time or the fact that it is like a, a show that is based on a movie. And you got to keep in mind, considering that it is from the mid 2000s, The Emperor's New Groove was not really as like widely popular as it is right now. Yeah. Like it is yeah. like it was like maybe at the most moderately successful it was okay but it wasn't that big of a it's like a, qua- a quasi yeah. a quasi reboot but also not because it's also a sequel <laughs> yeah, yeah and it was out during and it was out during a time during one of uh disney's one of disney animation's lowest points so during yeah, yeah. The, so i'm sure like during the making of this they weren't necessarily as enthusiastic to create something really special with it so you could tell so like it really shows in regards to who is it that they really care the most about and who they don't Mm -hmm. like having Eartha Kitt and Patrick Warburton, of course they love their characters ever since like they've worked on um, the movie. So like they put in as much heart and as much enthusiasm as, as they did in the show. And like, it really paid off well because those two were the best in the entire uh, series so far. In fact, Eartha Kitt, did actually win an Emmy for her mm-hmm. performance. Two, I believe. Daytime yeah. Emmys. Uh, is it two, actually? I think so, yeah. That that, that could be the case. Yeah, but, uh... yeah. I mean, also, you know, you know, people say that 
you know, the Emperor's New Groove was a hit. Oh, it dang, was it is. It was it was more of a sleeper. I mean, it, yeah. it did better than they thought. It, 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 it did. It most of its success came from home video and TV yeah. viewings. It's mm-hmm. very much Which is the reason that the a... sequel and the TV series were made. I think mm-hmm. I could safely call it a cult classic at this point. Yeah, and it's you know it's growing the its classic status is growing more by the day. Like they just yeah. released the Disney sketchbook. Yeah. Uh, series on disney plus the first episode of that is how to draw cusco so yeah i just long. watched that today actually yeah i, I watched watch it. Watch that i'm still stuck in the imagination that's, story that's what i'm going to be covering for my 50th episode um with yeah i, I, I have merch of the emporium yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and and i will say right now like so far the series is actually very heartfelt where you learn a lot about the animators yeah who were like and their journey and stuff like that and I especially just, like you get you get a like a nice little drawing lesson on like I too, how to draw two so i do i too uh thought i wanted to be a marine biologist but I learned I didn't much younger because you have to go diving and under the water, and I don't like going underwater. <laughs> you, you're telling me to study sea life? I have to go in the ocean? <laughs> so I you thought it was just that? like you could, I thought you could go on a boat in like you know like an aquarium or something. So apparently that's really common because the, um, the just just coming to mind. I'm like I know that um, Stephen Hillenburg obviously was a marine biologist. And also uh, I mean, Rebecca Parham. Really, I Lucky love marine Plain life Studios because, you know, sharks. <laughs> wanted to be a uh, marine biologist before she ended up uh, really going into, yeah. well, so theater I and then really eventually cartoons. With that episode because of all the details about the artist, not just the fact that it's a character from a movie and a franchise I love. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, this was not, however, I mean, she was fine, but. I love Melina. This is their episode. The best episodes with Melina are the episodes where the episode is about Melina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Yeah, go on. No, I I will say I did like I actually did like her outfit at the end of the um at the end of um the Cusco ball. Oh, Air Cusco. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually did like her little outfit. Yeah. Or like her her shopping outfit, basically. Yeah, the date outfit, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah, that's the outfit she wears, like when she's shopping or eating at Mudka's. Yeah, um, the pink poncho with the especially because a lot of times you don't see you see them in their school uniforms. Yeah, you don't see them often in their casual outfits. Even with you see one of her other casual outfits in uh, the second episode when the panther attacks. Yeah, which is a red like a red shirt and skirt. Um, appears a few times. I do like you know going with that. I do like how they at least have casual outfits because i've seen a lot of cartoons where they just keep them in their you know school uniforms almost all the time yeah that's the default for the design but yeah but i mean i i i I always appreciate that portion of animation where but whenever sorry go ahead keep going no um i always like that portion of animation where they at least change the outfit it's just not one outfit in a closet it's just it's just some I do use one outfit when I'm drawing myself, but that's just because it's easier. When I draw Molina, if I'm drawing her in casually, I don't. I draw her in the outfit she wears in the village because all my drawings are set after the show. <laughs> oh, um. By the way, I, one gag I really enjoyed was when um, Cusco is trying to um, trying to be you know, trying to do tricks with the ball and is failing miserably and keeps losing it. And one of the balls ends up landing on the roller coaster to the lab. Yeah. And it ends up getting its own little basketball lab coat. Yeah. <laughs> but Yzma got her new little assistant when Kronk's not there. Yeah. I, I, that, that was... I also, um, you know, found it interesting because when this episode was going um, on, I actually went and looked and you know, even though it is mostly basketball, the hoops are an actual thing from um, Mesopotamia um, culture. It's completely yeah, different. that was cool. Mesoamerican. Yeah, Mesoamericans. Yeah. yeah, I'm bad. I mean, words. it's lo- it, it is loosely based because, it, like, yeah. um, like it's the sideways. Yeah, the sideways hoop is accurate, but more, um, of an, like, more of an Aztec thing than an Inca thing. But yeah, again, they mix the cultures in the show. Well, yeah, and, and a lot more basketball, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, but if you want a better example of how that game is more accurately played, 
or at least a mainstream example of how they were traded is uh, Road to El Dorado. Yeah. 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 Um, But I I do like the little touch, though. Yeah. But I also think it would have been because, you know, as we know, um, Road to El Dorado, the ending of that is a human sacrifice. (laughs) But but I do like how even though that it would be, you know, in a story like this, I think it would have been too difficult to explain the whole rules and setup of of the actual um real version of that sport and it was just easier just to input basketball with the hoop sideways yeah yeah because you only have like maybe you know maybe 10 minutes to tell a whole story yeah and not to me- yeah and not to mention like it is like it's it, it's a game that's way different than any of the modern sports games right yeah. now, especially the fact that you have to play with your hips yeah. and nothing else. Yeah, so, I mean, like it would yeah. it would just feel a little too confusing for the kids to watch. So, like the best they could do is just say like, "Oh, it's like basketball, but the hoop is sideways." Yeah, the hoop is sideways, really and it's just ball. a hoop. It's not there's not like a little droppy downy thing because it's sideways, so it's just a hoop. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a, you know, I mean, you do have to take, um, you know, you do have to take liberties like that, too. But I did like how at least they were trying to make it a little bit accurate, even though technically this is the Emperor's New Groove series and nothing's really accurate, considering I remember the whole thing with the wheels. Yeah. In the, yeah, was, in the original I remember movie. that. Uh, there was an episode we covered that I was on earlier where uh, Yzma mentions an MP3 player. So it's like, it's kind of all over the place here. An evil MP3 player. An evil MP3 player. It only plays disco. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then it goes back in time and the disco kills the dinosaurs. It makes about as much sense as anything else. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, does anyone have anything else to add? Um, not that I could think of. Overall, well, actually, just actually, one thing that I do want to ask, like, would you would you guys want to live in that Kronk village if you would have the opportunity? Live? No, for reasons, but uh, visit absolutely. Uh, yeah, maybe even stay like, like if they they had a hotel or something to stay in the Kronk hotel. <laughs> Your bet, your the bellhop is a cronk, the the maid is a cronk, and everyone's a cronk. I can also see how that would get tiring after probably a week at most. Yeah, all, all I, yeah. honestly, all I can think of now is just like some kind of like Super Smash Bros. meme. Everybody is cronk, and you just see a whole like montage of all the different cronks. Yeah, and many like, cronks, too many cronks. That's good. That you can never have too many cronks, and that's going to be the uh, the new immersive uh, experience at Disney. Um, uh, lifting from uh, Tony Goldmark's show a little bit, <laughs> it's going to be you get to spend uh, two nights in the Cronk Village. It's got to be better and more uh, a better use of your money than the Star Wars Hotel. <laughs> Or, or like, just pick a classic ride. There will be a Kronk overlay. Everybody yeah. is now Kronk. That was I did a YouTube video where the where Cusco where for the day all the Disney characters were left in charge of Disneyland while Mickey Mouse was on vacation, and Cusco just took over the park and overlaid everything to be Cusco themed. Cusco, what did you do? Yeah, and then and the the chronologicalness of that uh, video deliberately does not make sense because at the end he gets the after he's kicked out of the park he gets the idea to build Cuscotopia but at the beginning you're given the impression it's set after the movie so the episode so the video deliberately does not know when it's set and then Kronk shows up and then it's like by all accounts it doesn't make sense <laughs> and Tony Goldmark uh guest was was the guest in that video and uh, so I'm gonna go get, go get harassed by the castle treasure planet and he improvised that line um yeah, so overall, I think, aside from, you know, Cusco, which is the big problem with the whole series in general, I thought these were a fun pair of episodes, especially. Yeah, today. yeah. Yeah, Air Cusco was, it was, I guess, okay, but it, it was more the the second one with Kronk that yeah. is, a, what's the name of it again? Kronkanitsa. Yeah, Kronkanitsa is, like, a lot more fun. Like, that yeah. really used the most with, like, some of their other characters. Especially. This show had some some some. Uh, a lot of great writers, like some of the writers that would go on to do like Phineas and Ferb and stuff, 
worked on this show. Mm. Um, and sometimes you can tell. With Danny the, Jacob worked on the show as we. Danny Jacob did all this. So I don't know if he he probably wrote the song that Kronk sings. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Yeah, I, uh, is everyone ready for the plugging? Yes. All right. Who's gonna go first? I mean, well, I mean, Micah, you're the host, so you you get. To I go. normally go last. So. Yeah, I'll go first. All right, so uh, you can find all of my stuff on uh, Starport97 on YouTube. Um, I have a Patreon, um, patreon.com slash Starport97. I also have a podcast that I do called The Podcast Without a Cool Acronym, where we talk about Disney television animation shows, but I haven't done an episode about this show because Mike has got it thoroughly covered. Um and uh, I'm working on getting an episode about the new Proud Family recorded, but it's been kind of delayed because everyone's had schedule conflicts and um, I've had school stuff going on. But that episode should be coming out soon. In the that meantime, episode- the most recent episode was about the new episodes of Amphibia and the Owl House that came on uh, when they both came back from hiatus a few weeks ago. That Proud Family episode you're planning to cover was really unfortunately timed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I Yeah. Um, but I still want to cover it because it's theme yeah. park related. So I'm, I'm, we'll, 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 we'll dive into that. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah. All right. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter and YouTube, both at Kanacha37, K-O-N-A-C-H-A-37. Um, I, my, I'm actually starting to do some more YouTube videos. I've currently got, I just did a video on a Cosmopolitan um, 1934 that has a long um, story about Walt Disney in it before, around the time when The Three Little Pigs um, premiered. And I'm also currently working on a um, series called Explore the Disney Vault, where I'm going through each and every short that Disney has ever made. Um, I'm actually working on Newman's Lapograms as we speak, and I'm hoping to get that out in probably a few weeks from now. All right. Well, as for me, uh, you could follow, you could go and check out my YouTube channel. That's like my main hub at Electric Dragon 505. I got several reviews coming soon, but my big project that I have coming up is going to be uh, on the history of the Muppets, which I'm actually going to be working on part one right now. (laughs) Yes, very exciting. I can't wait for that to come out soon. Uh, You can also find me on uh, Facebook at Matt Brunet Animat. You can follow me on Twitter at Animat505. And uh, same goes with Instagram. And I also got a Patreon. If you want to come and support my work, just go to patreon.com slash Animat. And you can find me at Micah Hirsch on Twitter. I also make animated cartoons on YouTube through the channel Fireblast Studios. If you like my work and want to support me, you can pledge to the Fireblast Studios Patreon for early access to videos, behind-the-scenes footage, and more. What's his name?